Welcome, all you business geeks, to the Business Geeks Podcast, an entrepreneurial show where three friends geek out loud and proud on everybody's business. I'm Joe Pardo and uh, of JoePardo.com and IndiePodcasters.com. I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Jennifer Crawford, the co-founder of Sparent.co and Samantha Riley of SamanthaRiley.global. This week, we are talking about your money mindset and if it's sabotaging your business. Oh, man. I, I feel like I'm going to get railed by the end of this episode. Why? 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 Yeah, hang on. Stop. <laughs> Where did that come from? Well, I, because, well Sam and Jen, we both have had, we've all had this conversation. I mean, you two have had conversations with me about, you know, my money mindset and how it probably has uh, played a part in sabotaging some of the things that I've gone through to do. So, that's uh, what I'm saying. I feel like everybody. <laughs> I was going to say it is a hundred percent of the people in the whole entire world. It's not all about you, Joe. Okay? <laughs> oh, oh Jen okay. needs a ding for that one. Well, yeah, so this is Jen's topic for the week, and I'm looking forward to hearing, learning, and self-describing myself about how I have you know, sabotaged my own success. So, Jen, you want you want to take it over from here? Well, well, sure. I mean, I think this is an important topic, Joe, not because that it only applies to you, but because I think we all deal with money mindset issues. And I know I didn't recognize that I had them early on in my entrepreneurial career. And looking back, hindsight 2020, I wish I had like recognized them, knew it was a thing and worked on them earlier. Mm. So um, just to give everyone, so we're all starting in the same place. Let me just start with a definition maybe of what a money mindset is. So I'm defining this as a unique set of beliefs and your attitudes about money. So these beliefs and attitudes are often stemming from early experiences with money, uh, maybe your your family's attitudes and experiences with money. And, it, and today it drives the decisions that you make about saving, spending, and handling money, and mm -hmm. even could affect how you view yourself when it comes to money. And some of these are really powerful stories, if you will, like if you've ever said, okay, so this was a big one in my family. The one I heard all the time is that money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> that was really common. Like money doesn't grow on trees. In other words, money is just not, it's not readily available. It's not easy to come by. It's hard to get. That was, that mm -hmm. was the message, right? Mm -hmm. There was also a lot of messaging in my family about, you know, that's, those things are for other people. Like the rich people were different than us. Mm. Like, oh. different. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. You weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Like that's how the other people do it. We uh -huh. do it this way. Rich mm -hmm. people do it that way. You were born this way. You were not born rich. So therefore you cannot, you know, we can't relate to those people. So there was a lot of that. Does anybody, can anybody relate to any sort of? hundred, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah part, of, seeds, part of growing well, up was like that. Yeah. Uh, Brent says scarcity versus abundance. Well, these are seeds for scarcity. 
right? When you grow up, and I, you know, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. We bounced around some trailer parks. Like, you know, I call myself the trailer park entrepreneur every once in a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then I sort of, you know, in my progression towards having a healthier money mindset, I feel it felt like I went too far the other way at some point where I was a little too obsessed with money, where I was like, you know, I had to get it, had to get it, had to get it. And I wasn't even thinking about like, why I just felt mm-hmm, like oh, mm-hmm. I needed it. I wanted it, you know, and I, and it wasn't until I did some, some journaling and some exercises on like how I would spend money if I had it coming to me on a regular abundant basis that I realized that I didn't really, the money wasn't really that important, really. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm never going to, even if I had it, I wouldn't live extravagantly. That's just not who who I mm. am. So yeah, I, you, do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. And I think it's really important to pre-frame this conversation that these blocks or mindset, this comes from our childhood, from usually from before we're seven years old. And it's something that's happened that makes us think that that is the truth. So one of the, one of the blocks that I've worked through Actually, and I'm going to say something else before I even say what this is, because Gary V talks about this and says, blame your parents. And I don't think that we should blame our parents. I think that we should acknowledge that it came from our parents and that they've got their own stuff from their parents, that it's yeah. not a blame thing. I think that that's really important because I think that too many people, when they go down this rabbit hole, they're like, oh my goodness, it was my parents' fault. No, we're adults. We can acknowledge it and move on and deal with it. However, in saying that, Mm. one of the blocks that I've had to work through was when we were children, we weren't allowed to ask for anything. If we asked for something, we were told, you've asked, now you can't have. So in my child's mind, what that meant was when I ask for something, I get in trouble. Now, as a business owner, how do you think that plays out in your life? Just a little bit of a problem, right? (laughs) So we need to go back and acknowledge and understand where some of these blocks are coming from because as adults, we don't need to make those truths anymore. That was the truth when we were young. It's not the truth now. And I think that that's something really important to pay attention to. I think that's so powerful. Mm. I mean, it's so important. I mean, I think that's why I love this topic so much is that I think we're all affected, but we're not stuck. Like we're mm-hmm. not stuck in that situation. You can definitely get past these blocks and overcome them. Mm-hmm. And if it is sabotaging your business, and it, believe me, these beliefs will Oh, they will. <laughs> but if you realize it, there are things that you can do to get past that. And we're going to talk about that later. But Joe, you've been suspiciously quiet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you've got a bit of a nervous well, no, wiggle so, there going on there, Joe. So, well, because I'm standing for the, you know, <laughs> for anyone that's not watching, I set up a different camera angle. But uh, first off, the, the Gary Vee thing is that's really funny that he would say that because he's always about like no BS and no, you know, don't blame other problems, people's for mm-hmm, your problems mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But then like literally when he's getting interviewed by Larry King, he's like, oh, I blame school, you know, school uh-huh, failing me. Uh-huh. And like you just said, like, you know, blame your parents because that's like, yeah, like you said, like acknowledge that this is where it came from and you somehow come to terms with it, whatever you got to do to come to terms with it and move on. But it's a lot easier said than done, I mm-hmm. would say, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. we, you know, especially as we get older, if we haven't done that earlier on in our life, 
not only are we trying to like remove the block of like what our parents embedded in us, but now we're trying to remove the block of like what we've embedded ourselves into <laughs> because of that. So like uh-huh. we got to remove the block that they put in and then remove the block that we've created a life around for ourselves mm-hmm. based on that. And it's like, everything's yeah. a lie. Everything's on fire. And we just, you know, we got to yeah. start over. Yeah, um, you have to excavate. I mean, it's a major excavation. Yeah. It's a lot of heavy lifting. You got to bring in the big machinery. And guess what? It never ends either it It just keeps on going it never never ends and you may have some like I do have some positive I think money mindset things from growing up you know for instance my mom didn't have a credit card like she didn't refuse to have a credit card until she was I don't know my guess is in her 40s maybe Mm -hmm. so to this day like no debt you know my mom did not do debt if we couldn't we couldn't pay for it in cash we didn't own it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really actually a, a pretty darn good value. And if you know, like you were told, if you ask, you don't get my parents were if you want it, you have to work for it. So on my mm-hmm. 16th birthday, I got driven to the mall. And I did not come home until I had a job. Mm-hmm. Like, that was it. It was like, if you want anything, you've got to work for it. And so, you know, I had babysitting jobs and pet sitting jobs and all sorts of little oddball kid jobs up until then because they didn't you know hand out money it was like you have to and I I don't think that's such a bad thing either absolutely because I was the same I was working little odd jobs from the time I was 14 and yeah same thing 16th birthday it was like I'm going with my resume (laughs) I'm going to get a job and it happens so yeah I agree that's that's a really good thing yeah so I wanted to go I just wanted to tackle on there with the credit card thing because like I uh, subscribed to that theory too until it was like, oh, you want to buy a house, do you? That's really cute, Joe. You should should go get a credit card. And then got denied by three different places, one of which was, I forget which one it was, but they were like, everybody gets a credit card there because that's like the easy one to get. Mm -hmm. And and I got denied there as well. And Mm -hmm. I forget... I think, I mean, I think it was Best Buy that eventually gave me one, which was crazy because, like, even the guy that was like doing the process was like, Best Buy doesn't give credit to like anybody. And we were able to get money out of them. That's insane. I'm like, oh, that's how good is that? Like, awesome. But, you know, I think it is important to at least have some kind of small credit card to build that credit. Cause, like, even my grandfather ran into problems with with his credit score because of the fact that he never had a credit card other than what yeah. was in the yeah. business name. Absolutely. So, that's a, that's a very real problem. It's like, oh, you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you have like, tons of money, access to all the stuff. And it's like, well, no, no, you don't have access to credit because. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. in your name. Like, what do you, you want? You have to know how it works. You have to know how it works. Yeah. You'll be happy to know that my mom now has a credit card. She's even been known to make an occasional online purchase with it. Ooh. Ooh how about that? But she does pay it off every month. Well, that's good. <laughs> good. Good for her. <laughs> so that is good. Now, maybe you don't know if you have a money mindset issue. Maybe you're like, you guys are ridiculous. Uh, my money mindset is just fine. Well, let's just put that to the test. I have a list of symptoms. <laughs> oh, how long do we have here? Hang on I have a minute. A list of symptoms. <laughs> And uh, to, to see if your money mindset might be having uh, some illnesses. Um, so some symptoms. You disrespect your time and expertise. Now, this is I'm talking about these are symptoms in your business, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you disrespect your time and expertise. Just uh, put a check if that applies to you. When someone says you are too expensive, you believe them. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of these manifest themselves in pricing. Uh, you don't have a sustainable business. Again, because maybe you're disrespecting your time and expertise. You don't believe people will pay you what you want to charge. You say things like, I just want to help people. (laughs) Okay. You feel guilty getting paid for doing something you love. You think making money is hard. You are afraid to invest in your business or yourself. You are pricing yourself out of business by not charging enough for your services or products. You don't know your profit margins and ignore your financials completely. You think too small. You resent your clients. You don't think or act like a CEO. I think these are all symptoms, some issues with your money mindset. I think there's there's one more that I'd like to add, and it's one that I'm hearing a lot now. Times are tough. Times are tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, those <laughs> they, they are they are well they are t- I mean up tough. here things are definitely tough for a lot yep. of businesses. I mean it we is. talked about this for months in the show, you know, it's not no secret. But no, that's not a good you know, th- there's well, obviously well, there's, the there's thing, a deeper Joe. root in that, right? So exactly. you need to figure out what exactly. that deeper root is. And uh, you've got to be really careful where you focus because if you focus yeah. on that, that's what you get. And One of my friends said it so well. He's like, well, there's exactly the same amount of money in the world. So where's it going right now? Where's it being redistributed Mm -hmm. to? No, that just just takes your mind in a different place. Okay, well, where do I need to pivot, turn? Where do I need to look? Yeah. I mean, it's mostly going to Jeff Bezos' pocket. But, but, you know, hey, it's all good. Oh, we don't agree. We don't agree. We, he, he made multiple. <laughs> well, How many no, billions no, did he make yeah. in one day? I, I think it was like thirteen billion in like yeah. a single day. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah but- well, it's the same <laughs> amount of money, right? <laughs> it's going somewhere. It just. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't think I know that he's doing very well, but I'm pretty sure it's not all going to him. <laughs> no, 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 it's not all. Not all. Of it, not all. He's leaving something on the table for now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think what Sam is alluding to is the businesses that are least affected by these troubling times are sometimes they're in just a, an industry. They might be in an industry that's just not as affected. But the ones that are in industries that are highly affected, those that are doing the best are the ones that I think probably have a better infrastructure overall with their business. Maybe they have a better quality product. Maybe they have more revenue streams. Maybe they're more agile and they've pivoted and they've they haven't wasted time worrying about the troubling times. They're just mm-hmm. getting on with business. And maybe, just maybe, they have a better money mindset. Absolutely. So I'll tell you a story that I saw recently. There was a, someone in Australia that had a, a travel company that did eight figures, huge travel company. What do you think happened? They specialized in global travel, so round-the-world trips. Like they lost their business overnight. And in actual Mm -hmm. fact, all they were doing was processing refunds and, you know, people. Now there's a lot of people in the travel industry that have just put their hands up and go, oh, my goodness, like this is the worst thing ever. What these people did was straight away pivoted and went, how did we build an eight-figure business? Let's go into online marketing and pivoted overnight and they are still doing eight figures. So we have to be really careful where we focus. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. I love that. So you all know Dave Ramsey, right? You know who he is? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So Ramsey Solutions conducted a study of over 10,000 millionaires. And one of the most fascinating statistics was that 97% of these millionaires believed 
da 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 that they could become millionaires. Ah, there we go. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that that just backed up what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> so of all of you out there watching, how many of you believe that you can become a millionaire? How many of you actually can believe it, can see it? Feel I mean, it. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of small business owners that if you say that, some of them are repulsed. Yeah, and because I because I'll say I'll talk to you know friends, small businesses. Oh, it's not about the money. I hear that a lot. It's uh huh. About, I hear that I probably more than anything <laughs> else. I hear that. Be, I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't want to make a million dollars. And I'm like, why? I mean, that's interesting. Like, interesting money mindset, money mm -hmm. mindset issues mm -hmm. there. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I it sounds like something they, you say after you've done it and you're like, I'm trying to be relatable. Like like Jeff Bezos talking, I don't want to be relatable. So I'm just going to say, yeah, I don't really want to make a billion dollars. I don't need to make a trillion dollars. I mean, maybe that's the case, but I honestly think these are people that don't believe they can. Absolutely. They don't believe that it can. They've got issues around what they think, and you mentioned it before, what they think rich people are. There, mm -hmm. There's stories around what other people will think of them. Like the stories are endless that we tell ourselves, absolutely mm -hmm. endless. But what mm -hmm. we have to remember is that money is essentially just a piece of paper or plastic. What it does is helps to give us freedom. It helps to give us choice. So I think that it, we have to remember what the money gives us and that for a lot of people that will help you move through some of this stuff that you're talking about. I agree. I mean, I've heard not quite say, sure, Brent. Yeah, Brent <laughs> I think yeah, your answer's right there. He wants to make a billion. He's gone way past a million. Well, yeah. speaking of money, like I heard somebody compare money to a brick. And so mm -hmm. you can take a brick and you can throw it through a window cause destruction or you can take that brick and you can build a cathedral mm. so it's really just a tool it's what you do with it uh -huh. and i only mention that because you alluded to it sam a lot of us think uh, a lot of people think money is the root of all evil rich people are bad you know like money is not good i mean these are all things that are ingrained in us um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know growing up like watching silly sitcoms like boss hog Dukes of Hazard, not a nice guy. Like yeah, sometimes the rich people were portrayed in media as greedy, evil, corrupt. Uh -huh. So it's exactly. no wonder. It's no wonder we don't. We, we're getting messaging not just from our family, but we're getting messaging from all over the place about absolutely, money. absolutely a lot of. And that is probably the biggest thing I hear on discovery calls is it's not about the money. But when you really dig deep, would you rather have, I, and I say this to people, would you rather, you know, someone that's not a, you know, hasn't got pure intentions having a million dollars or would you rather do it and what would you do with it? Because that gives us the ability to go and do good in the world and collectively as entrepreneurs, if we all make really good money and we all do have really good hearts, what can we do when we come together? You know, there's people in other countries that don't have clean water. They don't have toilets. They don't have education. What if we could help them? What if we could really literally change the world? There we go. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And you need money to do that. And a lot of you out there are in business because you want to help people. I mean, mm. money helps you help more people. I mean, a lot of people that you're helping want your business to be around because they want to continue to be helped and they want to see you help other people. And you know, put your gifts into the world. I mean, it's not either or. I mean, you can Absolutely. help people 
and make money. And, yeah. you know, you don't have to have passion or profit. Ideally, you have both. Absolutely. And yeah. it get, money gives you choice. Yeah. I think any parent, or I won't say any, most parents, you know, want to be around to see their children grow up. They want to be there when their children get home from school or, you know, sit there and have breakfast with them. That's what money gives us the opportunity to do. So, yeah, I think that it's about choice and freedom. Yeah. Joe, you, I don't think you told us, Joe, what would you say your money mindset block or money mindset challenges are? Like thinking back to childhood, what sort of messaging do you think you brought forward? Yeah, I mean, it's... So for me, it's mixed, right? Because I grew up with divorced parents. And so mm -hmm. like at one house, it was a much different situation than mm. at the other house. And for me, I think I always kind of seen it somewhere in between in the middle of like, you know, knowing where, you know, it, it wasn't that long prior to me being born that there wasn't much money around even, you know, my family's business and all. So growing up around a lot, my grandfather, like, the money mindset there was always very, it was very different of like, you know, mostly being very frugal and like, you know, reserved and things of that nature. I mean, I remember one time we were at a convention and, and I'm in my grandfather's room and, you know, I was like, like, pop, why do you put like this gold ring and, and these gold chains and stuff on? Like, why are you wearing all this stuff? Like you're wearing like sweatpants to the, to the shop normally. Like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, well, you know, it, it's just for the, you know, for here. Right. And I'm like, uh, okay, I, I guess. But like, that's the kind of at work play that like I was around where it's like, you know, very blue collar working kind of thing. At the same time, it was also like we were growing through to mostly like a white collar operation and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. And growing up like in the warehouse where I was working with guys that were making like a little over like minimum wage was a much different environment than when I was home or at my mom's house or, or like literally like anywhere else, honestly. So getting to see both of that and having people that, you know, looked at the situation of like, okay, you know, you're dealing with some people that like have that same mindset of like, you know, rich people are evil versus people that don't have money aren't evil. And I don't know. It's, so it's, much it, stuff. It's, it's, it was a lot. And like trying to like reconfigure my brain and think about things in that sense where it's like trying to not remove that, but amplify the message of like, okay, like as I make more money, I need to always constantly be checking myself that I'm doing everything I can, not only for the people who are paying me, but the, you know, the people that live in the world around me as well. Right. Whether it's through charity work or donations or whatever, like that's like always trying to like check myself in that sense. So like I said, it's somewhere in between. <laughs> I feel like I grew up somewhere in between because I grew, you know, as I grew up, things changed. And and I worked with people that, you know, didn't make a ton of money, worked alongside them for months at a time. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I thought of another thing I had to get past uh, kind of on a lighter side. But so when we were growing up without a lot of money, like my mom was super good at finding deals. So like when it came time to get school clothes, we went just beelined to the back of the store. I never got any clothes from the front of the store. All of my clothes were in the back <laughs> of the dressing room. 
<laughs> and we and we couldn't get 25% off, not low enough. 50% off, not low enough. Every single piece of clothing I wore was 75% off or more. <laughs> so I, we would get the name brands, but they would be like weird colors, like, <laughs> not cool clothes, right? So it took that manifested into adulthood, it took the longest time for me to be able to like not to buy up something that was full price. Like mm. I would just be obsessed with price and finding the deal. And Unfortunately, what happens when you go that low, when you're looking for like discounted stuff is we wouldn't necessarily get the highest quality. We would get kind of low quality things. And so what happens is those things don't last as long, uh-huh, get uh-huh. out of style. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just so it took a long time to work through like, oh, just invest, get something good quality. It costs more, but it's going to last longer and it's a better use of your money to this day my mom still like looks for like a deal and she'll buy things that aren't like necessarily like well made Mm, because it's mm -hmm. so much cheaper than the thing that is well made Mm. so she has like three wine openers like three of those electric wine openers because (laughs) each one she bought keeps they keep breaking because she buys like these really cheap ones and i keep saying mom just buy a nice wine opener. You don't only have to buy one. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's funny how like, you know, these things just will carry forward, you know, if you don't acknowledge them. And I think that's, that's just moving on into getting past them. I think the first step in getting past these money blocks is to recognize them Mm -hmm. in yourself. I I think I, I resonate with that though. Like yeah. what, what we're saying, well, going to the back store, like that's where I always go. I'm looking for like clearance things. Like yeah, usually clearance. it's things in like tech, not clothes, because I don't buy a whole lot of clothes. Yeah, but, just, yeah. you know, it's like any like, oh, like get ideas. And, oh, you know, it's like 50% off. So it's like, oh, it's not 20 bucks. It's $10 or, oh, it's not $50. It's like 20 bucks or something. It's like at $50, I wouldn't even give it two thoughts. I probably would just pass on it. But at $20, like, mm, you know, I might be able to use this and impl- implement mm-hmm. it into my my setup or this or that. Sure. So, you know, I'm always looking for for those open box deals and those types of things. Yeah, yeah. too. And I think like, yeah. again, it's, it's like a warrior in the brain, but I'm not afraid to pay full price for things. Mm, yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Well, I, mean, being somewhere bargain. Stuck in the I still love a good bargain, but it's, I don't have to, like, if I really want, if I want something and I need something, I'll it doesn't have to be 75% off anymore. <laughs> yeah. I hate I hate going through, you know, when they have the bargain bins and there's just like everything in there and some people love going through to find the deal. I'm like, I have not got time for that. I will just go straight to the shelf <laughs> yes. and buy something where I know that it is and just get out of there. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's why Circus City was so great because it was like Best Buy, but then nobody cared. So you like be moving things behind shelves and be like, oh, oh look at this. Yuck. there's this thing here. And yeah. th- you know, nobody even knows it's here because there's no tag. Like how oh, awesome is this? That is just like my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and it's all the stuff that it's like that when you really think about it, it's like this is the stuff that nobody else wanted. And they're they're practically giving it away for a reason. Yeah, um, exactly. Can we talk about how we move through some of these blocks or maybe what some of us have done to move through them and to it like because the first step is acknowledging them, but there's mm-hmm. got to be more than acknowledging them. We actually then have to understand that this is, you know changing the way that we act or we're acting in a way that we're not happy with. I think that you were talking before about being able to see it. And I know that I was watching a video and I don't, was it you that put it in the Mel Robbins video about seeing, I can't remember where I see all this stuff. So (laughs) yeah, when we see what happens, our brain doesn't 
understand if it's happened for real or if it hasn't. So visualization is so, so important because when we see what happens in the future, our brain just knows that it is that it has happened. And I know, Joe, I've sent I've sent you a visualization that you told me you didn't like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. 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 So there's a visualization that I do every single day. And when I find it, I can put it in the link in the comments. It's actually a 25 minute visualization on attracting abundance into your life. Oh, no, wait, uh, I did like it. Wait. When oh, did you, you did like that like, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Joe, I have Mel Robbins video in our spreadsheet. Yes. Yeah, which is, that, Samantha is that the Be Inspired to. one? Uh, mm, the one that bil- I think that's thing billionaires do yeah. every day. Yeah. Yes. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Yeah. So I love this because it's based in science. It's not what they call woo-woo. That's uh-huh. That word is sort of you, uh, bounced around. But this is actually visualization has been proven to work and it's science-based. It's something called the reticular activating system. And essentially, it's your brain's filter that looks for evidence to confirm your beliefs. And it's always operating. But like Sam says, it doesn't know the difference between your real memories and your visualized memories or thoughts. So Brent's just popped in the chat that um, people did that with weightlifting and gain muscle and says, not sure I believe it's supposedly real. I absolutely 100% know this is real because when you visualize this, your muscles act as if it's really happening. And I know this from when I was a dancer because there was this particular step that I couldn't get. You know, I was in my early 20s. It was really difficult. And I used to train myself to dream about it and Mm -hmm. I used to be able to dream and because I was training my muscles to do it I actually was able to do that step so it really really does work and there's scientific evidence that shows that when we're asleep or when we're visualizing and they've done it with Olympic athletes they check their body their muscles act exactly the same way when they're doing it as when they're visualizing it it's so incredible I mean why not use this tool, at least try it. Um, she makes the point saying, you know, if you don't have to be there, sit around and visualize for an hour, it can, t- it can be as little as 30 seconds, but close your eyes, visualize your life after you've achieved a goal, you know, a financial milestone or some business success, visualize what that looks like, like what your life looks like, what your day looks like, but also um, visualize what you are going to feel. Like, are you going to feel successful? Are you going to feel relieved? Are you going to feel empowered, more creative, more energized? Whatever it is that you want to feel, like you, you include that in your visualization. Do that 30 seconds a day, total quiet time. Close your eyes and do it. I know I'm going to try it. This isn't something that I've implemented, but just based on what I read on the science and the effectiveness and Sam, you know, you know it to be true yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you've got nothing to lose, mm-hmm. nothing to yeah. lose. This is something you can use today. Mm. Uh, absolutely. I mean, doing it while running, I've been doing that for years. Solving, closing you your know, eyes and visualizing yourself. Not, not closing my eyes, but just kind of, you get lost in the thought process. Like I'm listening to music, I'm running. So I'm already doing two things, but at the same time, like I'm thinking up of ideas and like visualizing like complex problems I couldn't figure out and I, and start solving them. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I did visualize 
and this is going to sound really dumb, but, 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 but when I was DJing like this, like 15 years ago and I was still using all records and I had a mini Cooper and I had my speakers and I had my big turntable, you know, flight cases and, and four five, six cases of records, like getting everything into the car. <laughs> it literally was a dream that I had that like, okay, if I do everything like mm -hmm. this, it will fit. And I woke up the next day I did it. And it worked and I was able yeah. to get all, everything fit just perfectly. <laughs> just Our perfectly brain is amazing. It you is. Only use it it, is. We only use about 10% of I thought it was even less than, that. It it's less than that. Yeah, it's such a yeah. tiny amount, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So when, you, when you think about that, you know, it's not really not surprising that this visualization is so effective and it has, you know, such a tangible, you know, effect on our goals and our dreams and making things a reality. So I hope you all try visualization this week, 30 seconds a day, every day this week. And then we're going to check absolutely. in next week and see how it's going. There's also yeah, a really does. good book that I want to mention because it's, it's a great book to help you realize how much these mindset issues can bleed into your life and cause pain. And it's like a workbook to work through it. And it's a book by Denise Duffield Thomas called Get Rich Lucky Bitch. It is such yeah. a good book and highly recommend getting a copy of that. Obviously, it's aimed at women, but I would recommend that even men read it too. It's really, really good. And, you know, part of getting over, you know, your money blocks is not just visualization and acknowledging that you have them, but educate yourself about money because a lot of us put our head in the sand when it comes to our business financials or money because we're intimidated by it. We don't feel like we deserve it. We're uncomfortable talking about it. So why are we going to look at it? But education is going to empower you to be more fearless when it comes to money. Um, mm. you know, knowledge is power. It's true. So that's mm -hmm. a great start. Start with that mm. book. Awesome. Do you, uh, you want to read Marsha's comment oh, here? Yeah, yeah. read that, Joe. Read it. Uh, my mindset was junk. Junk, I should say. Junk. <laughs> junk. junk. Yes, <laughs> junk. Fortunately, I married into a family that believes in quality over cost. I've worked really hard for the last, uh, for like five years to improve, to help with lack money mindset, make small incremental upgrades one thing at a time, hand, mm. hand towels, nice pencils or nice pens, quality jeans that are more expensive, but will last longer and some nice mugs, et cetera. Mm. That's good advice. Love it. Yeah. And she agrees with that book recommendation. Yeah, it's fan. a really good book. And yeah. uh, Tetris does help with that. I was playing a ton of Tetris <laughs> at the time because it was out on the DS. And you could play up to 10 people at once. It was, it was a lot. It was a good time. It was a good time then. Uh, awesome. Nice. Such a good topic, Jen. This yeah. Love this yeah, topic. Thanks. Love I, this topic. I'm always a little nervous when it's my turn to pick a topic because there's always like, are you they going to like my topic? I, <laughs> I opened it up. Actually, I thought it was Joe's topic because when I opened it up, I wasn't really paying attention. And I went, that doesn't sound like Joe's topic. <laughs> I was really impressed. And then I noticed oh. it was. <laughs> no, well, I was because I, I, I didn't expect that you would choose that topic, Joe. And I was right. It was Jen's topic. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like you were very uncomfortable at times during our discussion here today, Joe, I will just say that. I, oh, thank I, you. I think you were squirming a little bit. Well, no, I move around a lot when I stand. I can't just, you want me to just stand like this? I don't know. No, you I don't. don't. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. No, I don't want to stand you, like that. You were, you were uncomfortable, I think, a little bit. No, I wasn't. No, it's, no, I, I think it's important to look at it. I mean, the video that Sam was referring to earlier, I don't have the link in front of me and my setup is totally not 
Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. I think that doing some kind of meditation that has helped in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, talking more openly about money with people has mm-hmm. helped a lot as well. Yeah. Because like, otherwise, it's just like you live it in your brain and you're like, uh-huh. everybody else seems to think the same way, right? Like, that's just how yeah, it is. Yeah, you're like, living your own story. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it really helps to like break out of that and talk to other people that, you know, get their input, get their background, their knowledge and see and compare notes and how it's different because... Mm. It's, you know, it, it is. Different. I mean, look, uh, how many people end up getting divorced be over money, right? And, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's a lot of it's rooted in, in starting with the money mindset that yep. was adopted from, you know, likely our parents or the people that raised us. So mm-hmm. it, I think it, know, I just want to say, though, Joe, I think it's really important to talk to the right people. And I'm not talking about the people that necessarily agree with you. That's not what I mean. But if there's right. people that have got some like, Whoa, Leon's family has got some real mindset issues. Like, Uh-oh. do not ever talk about money when Uh-oh. when his family's around. <laughs> you will be you will come unstuck real fast. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Talk with the people that you know that you can learn from. That at least yeah. have an abundance mindset. Like, don't drag you into that scarcity hole because it's very hard to get out of it when you're down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, talking earlier about how, oh, you know, this is too expensive or like no one would pay for that stuff. That's I mean, it's very clear that you're you just don't know who you're identifying with, with your product and with your service. And like that they don't get it right. Like the who was it? I think it was was it the Dave Jackson or somebody had posted the golden paperclip from I think it was Tiffany. Oh, Tiffany. Yeah. Yeah. Did you post that, Sam? I was have you, posted or? it before. Definitely. Yeah. Like yeah. a $1,500 paperclip and like kind of messages that's sending and it's kind of ridiculous even you know in its own right but but there's somebody out there that's going to be willing to buy it and as long as they're willing to like till they find those people it's there it's there for the mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. yeah yeah so absolutely you know so it's just you know to, to say you know when you're talking like oh i'm going to start this business that like most people have never heard of before because it's not like the cookie cutter box you know, I'm going to open a McDonald's or I'm going to open up a this or that. It's like, oh, I know about that. Like I've already had billions of dollars poured into me of marketing over several generations to know what that is. You're probably just talking to the wrong people. And they're, that's mm. why they're like, wow, that sounds really expensive. It's like, yeah, but the problems that we're solving <laughs> are really complicated. And, uh-huh. and you just you don't get it because you're not that person. Right. Like we're solving yeah. it for for rocket scientists. Well, mm-hmm, are you a rocket mm-hmm. scientist? Well, then no. Well, oh, well, then, well, of course it's going to be expensive to you because we're solving problems for, you know, for them. Yeah, I think when I did NLP, one of the things that I learned and I love to use, but when people say that's expensive, say compared to what? Yeah, right. Compared to what? Because that is a very weird thing to say. (laughs) Well, here's another example, right? So I was listening to some back episodes of the Disney Dish podcast, which you absolutely should listen to. And the Ritz-Carlton, as I mean, we love our hotel brands here, specifically Marriott on the show. But the Ritz-Carlton is opening up a yacht. Uh, like, are they? I guess they already have it. Like, you can instead of going on a cruise, you go on a mini yacht with like a hundred people on the yacht versus like 12, oh, 2400. So people. cool. And but here's the thing, right? So, Disney is looking at that and they're like, well, we're going to create more like lounge rooms on our boats on our Disney cruise ships, right? And they're like way more expensive. But when you break the price down, it's like, okay, so for 
$12,000, I can get this room in, you know, club level, like all the amenities, blah, blah, blah. Or for 13000 or no, it was like 11000 And like for 12000 I could just rent the, you know, I could be on a mini yacht and get into a lot more smaller ports and have a much more detail-oriented thing. So it's like, is Disney pushing up against that? Like, hey, mm. like we don't have, like Ritz Carlton, like, hey, we don't have the characters here, but you could go to Disney World afterwards. Like, we'll we'll drop <laughs> you off like an hour, you know, we'll we'll get a shuttle for you. It's not a big deal. So you can go to Disney World right after you get off the, your mini yacht with like a hundred people instead of twenty four hundred people. So you know, so like just the idea of like that pricing of okay, so twelve thousand dollars is a lot of money, right? By most stretches, twelve thousand dollars is a lot of money, but it's like, well, could you pay an extra thousand dollars and have a much more intimate experience with like less kids and less people? I think it's all got to do with our values. Where we spend our money is all got to do with our values. But that right. is a topic for a whole nother episode. That's a different episode. <laughs> well, I think we I think we went fairly deep in the money mindset. I would love to hear other people's money mindset issues. We can't be the only ones out there. So we'd love to know hey, everyone. Have them. How you guys everyone have them. Everyone has them. We, yeah. Thank you, Marsha, for sharing how you got past yours. I love that. It, it's a process. I still catch myself sometimes with mine, and but I know because I know they're there. Mm-hmm. I recognize them when they're happening. So helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Jen, did you have a grind my gears this week? I think. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I do. Oh, you do? Okay. I do. Strap yourselves in, people. <laughs> I do. All right. So I have a Grammy Gears and I have a story, a story of two businesses. So the thing that is grinding my gears are companies that make customer service difficult on purpose. <laughs> so they intentionally make the whole customer service experience difficult. So people who are busy like me, aren't we all busy? will give up on refunds or problems or, you know, come back another day after you've charged their, their credit card, your credit card another time. This is a story of territory versus trifecta. And if you're not familiar with them, uh, they're both meal delivery services. Uh, they both prepare healthy meals based on a number of diets, whether it be paleo or keto or flexitarian or whatever it is, but they're healthy pre-portioned meals. All you have to do is warm them up. There's, it's not Blue Apron where you've got to, you know, play chef for a day. I don't have time for Blue Apron. I've tried Blue Apron too. So Trifecta got me with their, the reason I started Trifecta is because their tagline is eat like you train. So I may not look like an elite athlete, but I work out a lot and I, I weight train And it's a very important part of my life. I can't imagine not doing it uh, weekly, several times a week. So, but I'm also a lover of food. I'm a locust when it comes to food. I just love it. So I was like, okay, this is going to help. It's going to be a convenience and I'm going to be able to eat healthy, eat like I train. All right. So territory is basically the same thing. I've tried them both. Here's my problem. When I had territory... I decided I just wanted to change. Like after a while, you kind of just like, whatever. It, it runs its course. I just wanted to take a break. I wanted to stop the meal delivery with territory. I went to their site and I stopped it. I didn't have to chat with anybody. I didn't have to get on the phone. I didn't have to send an email. It was literally one click, no questions asked. 
They stopped billing my credit card. I stopped service. They haven't bombarded me with emails. They haven't bugged me to come back. Maybe they could do a little of that, but it was easy. Here comes Trifecta. I go to cancel Trifecta. The only thing I can do is skip a few weeks. I can skip a few weeks at a time. So that's what I've been doing because I couldn't find how to cancel. So I went ahead and I skipped a few weeks. Well, what happened? I forgot that it was the fourth week. I didn't skip or cancel. So now I'm getting food I don't want. Then I try to, I go back into my account. There's no way to cancel it. Then I chat with the rep and I'm like, I want to cancel. And then there's all the questions about why do you want to cancel? And I'm like, I want to tell you why. I don't want to tell you that your food wasn't really good. Like it didn't taste very good. I don't want to tell you that because I don't want to be me. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I didn't want to tell you that your your packaging is like you almost have to be a weight trainer to open it. It's so hard to open. And it's a little thing, but it's like, I don't, it's, I wanted something that's <laughs> easy like to open. It sounds like a pretty big thing. <laughs> if it's I a, can't open your food, thing. then I can't, I can't eat open it. it. I need, I need like big scissors and it's, it's pain. Um, I didn't want to tell them all that. I just said, Hey, it's, you know, we're cooking more at home, which we are. And then it's like, well, do you know, we have a la carte options and there's all this. And it's like, I just want to cancel. Like I'm trying to fit this in, like in between calls and, we're contractors and the dog walk and you know everything anyway i and then my chat session timed out because i had to take oh. a call i don't know if i'm canceled or not i don't want to restart the process but i just got thinking about like why was it so hard to begin with like why couldn't it have been like territory why couldn't i have just canceled when i wanted to cancel why did i have to get the third i don't i shouldn't have to get the third degree so guess who's getting my business again Territory is going to get my business again, because not only is their food better, uh, their packages are very easy to open, very easy to prepare. I also get a lot much, I get much more control over the actual meals that get delivered. I didn't get the same flexibility with Trifecta, but my impression is Trifecta is leading the, is ahead and like leading the industry. I don't, I, this is the impression I get. Sorry. Sorry, uh, territory team, if I'm wrong about that. But I think it's a shame because I think territory wins on all counts and particularly customer service. I just so appreciate that it was so easy to cancel and that, you know, they were like, if you don't want it anymore, you don't have to get it. It doesn't have to be a hassle. Um, Good work, territory. Yeah, good work, territory. I'm going to be ordering your meals again. Look how delicious they look. They do Um, look delicious. Yeah. And, and the like idea them. that someone cooks them, how, oh, yeah. so good, so yeah. good. And they're, it's like locally like sourced and organic and, you know, they have real chefs. It's not like just, you know, thrown in a bowl by some non-chef person. <sighs> so anyway, I just so good. It. And I, but I don't think this is not a unique situation. I've been in similar situations where I've tried to cancel subscription services and I have to jump through hoops to do it. And I think it's a failure in customer service, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I don't think it breeds customer loyalty. It doesn't foster word of mouth recommendations. I think it's really short-sighted on the companies who decide to make it difficult for you to cancel. That's all. Couldn't agree with you more. We Just to throw it out there, you know, for the IndiePod University, we had somebody that needed to cancel today because they haven't been taking advantage of all things that we have to offer. Within five minutes, I had the whole email and was like, oh, you know, here, we'll, we canceled the subscription, you know, we'll give you 30 days when you're ready to come back 
30 days for free uh, to get started, like instead of the standard 14, like all these things. Right. And it's just like in five minutes, she had her answer and it was canceled and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. It didn't have to be no big deal. You know, it almost makes me wonder. It's like if those companies are hiring like a consultant or something that's like, hey, you know what we can do? We can help you fix your subscriber, you know, problem that, you know, yeah. with them falling off. Like, we'll just put in all these roadblocks and we'll hire a bunch of people that get paid, you know, not based on whether or not they keep people, but ultimately whether or not they're keeping people subscribed to the service and we'll call that good customer service because no. we had somebody to talk to you yeah yeah <laughs> uh, Marcia makes it makes a good point so spend less money on bots and spend more money on your product am i right you're right yeah you're right you are right i will say that territory team if you happen to be tuning in i did contact your ceo on linkedin thank you linkedin premium <laughs> 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 So I did contact her because I wanted her to know that I was going to be saying something positive about territory. Also, you know, woman CEO, hello, of course. I will say that after I canceled, I made a point. I did not get marketed to. And I will say I wouldn't have been mad if they had marketed to me. And I probably would have re-signed up again sooner if they had. So I don't know. Maybe it ended up in my spam and I haven't seen it. But I almost wish they had marketed to me after the cancellation because I would have signed up sooner. But but that's the only thing. Other than that, I think their website is gorgeous. Their food is delicious. Their business model is sound. And I want to see them kick trifectas, but in the meal delivery space, in the healthy meal delivery space. Can I just say this is probably the nicest grind my gears that has ever come out of your mouth? Absolutely. I is was it? thinking the same thing. Yes. <laughs> Last yes. I almost cried. I was so frustrated. <laughs> I really got worked up. I'm trying to, you know, trying to calm myself down a little bit. I felt like I might have scared a few people last week when I <laughs> had a bit of a meltdown. So I'm trying to approach it more reasonably. I'm growing. It's it's called personal development, people. <laughs> Marsha asked if we have any affiliate links. No, I'm not smart enough for that, Marsha. Not yet. Not I was going to say, just just give her a minute, Marsha. She'll organize that. As yes. soon as we're off the call, off the call, I'll be like, okay, Jen. <laughs> I know. I, I hope the CEO was listening. I hope the team was listening. I hope you appreciated that comparison. Yeah. Hopefully they took notice. Yeah. Speaking of taking notice, who is getting your lunch money this week? Oh, that's easy. I'd like to give a little shout out to Snap Social. CEO is Carlin Ankrum. And she has quickly become my go-to social media expert that I like referring to. I have actually hired her. We're going to be working with her to help us run our Facebook, create, implement, and moderate, or yeah, I don't know. It's a thing she's got. It's a Facebook ad thing. We're investing in the small business grit virtual experiences, and we are going to do paid ads for the first time, believe it or not. And we've enlisted professional help from OSNAP Social to help us run those ads because Honestly, I have no interest in running my own Facebook ads and Carlin knows what she's doing. She's got an incredibly creative approach to social media, but she's also, you know, very practical when it comes to analytics and monitoring the performance and A-B testing. And she runs like 12 ads in each campaign and monitors the performance of each one. I mean, it's incredible, like the way her mind is like a matrix of, of knowledge. Love she's it. Take that off our hands. I highly recommend it. I didn't know what to expect in terms of cost. 
But I will say when she was telling me like what she does, we, Mary Sue and I were on the call with her and Mary Sue texted me and was like, this sounds like it's going to be $10,000. And it was because, you know, she does so much with these ad campaigns that it's just like magic. And it wasn't $10,000. I will say that. So I will let you call her and figure out how much it is. But I would say it's definitely worth exploring if you have not done paid ads. I don't think, you know, running Facebook ads manager is for a novice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a beast of, it's a powerful uh-huh. ad platform, but it is, it is something else. And I have no time to figure it out, you know? So yeah. Oh, snap social. They're incredible. Love it. Yeah. Great team over there. Oh. <sighs> Man, I gotta get used to this whole stand. I gotta, I gotta change my setup. Um, <laughs> that's awful. No, and, and that is, uh, that is awesome. And I'm glad that you're gonna have somebody else run your social media campaigns yeah. to help get a further reach. And mm-hmm. I'm actually gonna be investing in Facebook ads in a dollar amount that is over two digits. I've never gone over two digits. Actually, it's over three digits. Oh, for the first time, it's a four-digit ad spend. Whoa. Looking forward to hearing all about it. I'm very (laughs) excited. And this was a mindset thing, like getting Ah, yes. You know, because old Jen would have been like DIY Jen. I can do it. I can figure it out. I'll spend $50 on basic ads and see what happens. Yes, that's bad money mindset because that's not my expertise. It's not my zone Mm -hmm. of genius. And you really do have to put like a, you know, you have to be willing to invest in in online Absolutely. ads, like more than like five or $10 a day, right? So yeah, yeah. for, for yeah. real results. So anyway. Good work. Look forward to yeah. hearing about that. I'm so excited. I hope Absolutely. I sell one more ticket. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that, four, that four digit ad spend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, cer- I certainly hope so. I certainly yeah, hope so. And, and, and real quick, speaking of following up, uh, have you gotten your bed yet? No. No, no, still waiting. Oh on that. my no. goodness! I, I, my back problems persist. Yeah, that's but awesome. we do we do have a tracking number now, which Ooh. is progress. So I'm hoping next week I'll Hopefully be sleeping in zero in gravity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't seem to find the weighted blanket, but we do uh. have the tracking number on the actual adjustable frame. <laughs> oh, Garland's with us. Says oh, thanks yeah. for the shout oh, Hey, Garland. I was hoping she would make it. I, I actually did like a good podcast thing. I emailed the people we were going to mention. So Carlin, I, think, I think we need to do that more often. <laughs> I don't know why we don't. It was really effective. We're very yeah. last minute about things. <laughs> good work, show. Jen. <laughs> yes, good job, Thank good you. job Jen. That's, Thank that's, you. That's, some dings for you. I tried this week. I really tried. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see. Let's see if we can, uh, if I can do any better next week, because uh, apparently it's my week to go next week. Oh my gosh! Come up with a topic. Oh, I know, I know, I know. It's also good to know that I'm not the only one that that sweats whether or not they're going to have a topic that's worthy enough of talking about. So, oh, uh, I know. Yeah. The, 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 it's a scary thing choosing the topic. It is. It's very, very scary. We're all very opinionated. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> well, if you have a topic, if you're watching and playing along at home mm. and, and uh, or listening and want to submit that topic to us, uh, <laughs> shoot it over to questions at businessgeekspodcast.com. We are changing our Australian time because apparently you all hit your daylight, daylight savings, savings time. Daylight savings. Well, it's so all. exciting. Actually, I can't say all because like, apparently half your country doesn't or, or some, mm-hmm. some percentage. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's 8 a.m. It's Tuesday, 8 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time or still going to be Monday's 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, at least for the next couple of weeks until we, well, it'll still be, it'll be Eastern Standard Time at that point. We'll still be at 5 o'clock. On the Easterns, uh, let's see. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Business Geeks podcast, uh, please share it with the Business Geek in your life. We'll see you all next week. Thanks again for watching. And-